Views expressed on this program are those of the sponsors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment Advisor Representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Indices mentioned are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Asset allocation and diversification strategies cannot assure profit or protect against loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Capital Retirement Strategies and Cambridge Investment Research are not affiliated. Welcome, Dave. Welcome to Plan for Life Now, episode number 80. But 80 is so special because, look, I'm not oh, on the phone. I'm 80, sorry. Whatever. 81. 81. But we're here. We're actually in. We are in person. World Headquarters of Capital Retirement Strategies. <laughs> world Headquarters makes it sound so much better, right? Yes. That's why, that's why it <laughs> used to be radio and now it's a podcast. The World Headquarters in our uh, vast office space. This Just you great. and I. Um, and it's not going to be forever starting today because the rest of the summer we're not going to be together all the time doing podcasts yeah. for as many others we do. But I assume starting in the fall. Starting in the fall, I would think we would be. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, this summer, I think we did a podcast maybe the last one or the one before just about you know meeting with people, getting back to normal. And it's totally playing out like we thought, where we're offering people this summer kind of an option. You know, we're doing most meetings over Zoom, but there have been a couple of people who really insist on getting together. And, and as long as everybody's vaccinated, sure, we're fine. Right. But we've had a lot of people who have already said, and these people we met earlier today, I don't think we'll meet with them again in person ever. Yeah, I don't think so. And it's not that they live super far away. I think they live in Herndon or Reston. But it's just, it's a pain coming to Tyson's Corner. And hey, it's there's certain things where it's okay to do it over Zoom and you can still get that same relationship. Right. I read a, a great article today about, I don't remember where I read it, you know, on your on the internet and the internet knows what you like to read. So of course. I like to read about people going back to work because right. they seem to always throw these articles. There's a lot of those it. articles. But this was an article, this was uh, written by a CEO of a, and not a huge company, maybe 100 employees, um, a, a sort of tech-related company, but he sort of was a, a, on the mindset of you as an employer have to just be very flexible with what's going back, that some people like going to the office because they like to. Yeah. Other people never want to go to the office again, right. and some people are sort of in between, and sometimes there's stuff you need to do in the office, and yeah. other times you're and you have to be a super flexible. I always feel like, on the note, if super flexible was do whatever you want, and and that's a ten, and being completely inflexible is a one. I always feel like we're more on the side of about a seven, yeah. closer to being super flexible. This is before COVID, right? And and we'll go that way. But, but I, it's a new. It is new. It's different. I would say even with us being pretty flexible, it's it's opened my mind to what can be done and accomplished and and whatnot. You know, having people work remotely. You know, not having hardly seen Amy and Maureen in 16 months. And we've still been able to do, I mean, there's 
certain aspects that are inconvenient, but we've still been able to do what we need to do operationally. So. I, this is before, now you know this because I say I said it all the time, before COVID. Mm-hmm. I don't really care about that stuff. I just want you to get the job done. Yeah, of course. Like when If the job gets done, I'm not going to worry about too many other things. Right. It's just that sometimes you do need to be in person. Sometimes yeah. it makes more sense, but uh, it's definitely different. Yeah. It's still COVID-y. I mean, I went to the Whole Foods for my lunch. This is the first time I've, today was the first day I've actually sat in the office and done or what would be like a regular work day right. since COVID started in this office. So I always go to Whole Foods and I love the large selection of soups that I can get. <laughs> Probably so not now. I'm going to go, well, there were two soup selections and neither one I was interested in. Not that I'm blaming Whole Foods or anything like that. I was going to go get some chicken actually. And then somebody stopped me and said, you got to put on blue gloves before COVID. I didn't have to put on blue gloves to use the tongs <laughs> to get chicken. Okay. And it's still over there, you basically, and I guess most places, if you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. But you know what? In Here it's, in Gaithersburg, everyone was wearing a mask. So yeah. I'm not going to be the only one. I'm just not. I always have a mask handy for me. I, <laughs> I personally don't think if everybody wasn't wearing one, I wouldn't. I'm right. very flexible. I'm max flex. <laughs> mask flex person. So I'm going to be, I'm going to go with the crowd on that. So I yeah. It's all different. It'll all evolve. It'll be interesting to see what happens in September. But it's nice just doing this podcast and looking at your face versus, yeah. you know. It's it's good. All right. So what we've got teed up for today is a, a subject that we've touched on a little bit here and there. But Dave, you suggested we do this, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Let's talk about inflation yeah. because that is... That is the number one fear with the market right now. Um, and you know when we're doing our review meetings with people, I point this out that the stock market's just been going crazy, just up. But every month or two, the market will freak out worrying about inflation. So you'll see a day or two where the CPI numbers come out, they're a little higher than the market expected, and then everything will decline a bit. And then it goes back to saying, eh, no big deal. Inflation is not a problem. So that's the huge question that's out there. Will it be a problem or won't it be? Yeah, and that's I love the perspective you just took because my perspective on it is is different. Similar but different. Market's one thing. What things cost is another thing. I'm, I'm, right. And again, I'm not thinking about myself. I'm thinking about yeah, everybody is a little bit. I'm thinking <laughs> about clients. So I'm thinking anecdotally to start with. Forget about yeah. all the numbers. Show it, but... Like before I went, the place that I get my haircut finally opened again. It, you know, they they got a new location. They got a fight with their rent people. Hmm. And you know, I go there, you know, I like it. I know the guy who does my hair forever. So, you know, so I, I went back and I looked at my, when, when I like paid the bill, I was like, wow, I think this is more <laughs> than what it costs. In fact, but, this is. I said, this is more than what it costs. So I went back to my just, old bill. I went back and I said, what did I pay before? So I'm now paying 25.8% more wow. for my haircut post-COVID. But I don't think that that is, that's not just one thing. Um, if you go to a restaurant, well, you yeah. know, I went, you know, there was a coffee shop. It wasn't, it wasn't Starbucks. There was one next to it. it. It was like more of an independent-owned coffee shop next to the place. There was one person working behind and a bunch of people ordering stuff. Right. And I, I decided to get a blueberry muffin and I guess I got an iced latte. 
And now, as you know, no matter what you do, you're tipping everybody, which I don't mind doing because I feel horrible for these people. But no matter, I used to not just tip for someone gave me like a coffee. Right. Now they're getting like 15%. You feel like they're putting themselves on the front everybody. And and I get that. I I personally don't have a problem with it. That's another thing which I feel is post-COVID. Everybody gets a tip if they serve you something. But when I add it all together, that wasn't cheap. That was way more than it would have cost before. So the haircut and the coffee and the blueberry muffin was way more than the haircut and the coffee and the blueberry muffin pre-COVID. <laughs> Used to be. And I know that's anecdotal, but look at gas. And I know gas was pretty rock bottom for a while there gas during COVID, but now gas yeah. is fluctuates, but gas is well, higher. What about just restaurants in general? Have you been to a restaurant yet? Have you just gone out to take eat? Out. We do take out. We get takeout, yeah. even though that has their charges. Go uh, to a restaurant. So you, you have really? it and you have young kids, no. but I have. Because I and I've been out with friends and I've been to a restaurant. Everything's more expensive. Everything just is more well, expensive. What about the big elephant in the room? What about housing? I mean, housing well, is is going through the roof for people. So, but from the point of view of our clients and what we'll get to in a second here, yeah. I don't. I yes, almost all of our clients and people we end up working with own a home. Yeah. or own property and that property has gone up and yeah if they want to get new property they're going to have to sell something that's going to cost more but to me while that is huge does that really affect our clients it really has made yeah. their net worth go no, up but I mean it it certainly impacts things if if you're talking about putting on an addition or you're oh talking gosh, about doing yeah. home improvement oh, so you suggested this you said okay let's talk about inflation today you said I'm writing a piece for our newsletter it's going to be all about inflation, and I hadn't seen it. I hadn't hadn't even really talked to you to hear your particular angle, which, by the way, I thought was was very good. Um, but I went to start doing some research, and I went to to a couple of the fund companies that we use. You know, we always kind of pay attention to some of these analysts. What are they talking about? What are the fund managers saying? What are they thinking? Um, so I thought it was interesting. Both Lord Abbott and American Funds have sort of a similar view on inflation. Their view is that inflation right now is very, the term they're using, inflationary. What I mean by this is they think a lot of the inflation that you're seeing right now, the anecdotal stuff, none of us have been able to spend much money over the past 16 months or so and want to do stuff. And we've got a lot of money saved up. There's been, you know, some people are getting stimulus checks and it is sort of, pent-up demand that's being spent out. So some of the examples in here, as they went through uh, in the 1940s, there was a, a big surge of inflation post-World War II. Obviously, you know, not able to spend much money when you know the, con- the country is on rationing. Same sort of thing occurred uh, in the Korean War. You know, those are obviously very old examples. The more recent examples they had were from 2012. And I think that's a really good time to look at because let's think about what was going on then. You had massive, you had uh, massive stimulus and Federal Reserve action occurring after the financial crisis. And I don't remember this at the time, but apparently the data shows that there was a big tick from 2010 to 2012. Then, as the Fed started to ramp back their stimulus there inflation really leveled off and of course we know we haven't seen any real inflation numbers in quite a while so i mean that's that's really the big question is you know is it going to be as they're using this term transitory 
Or is this going to lead to more long, long-term long sustained inflation? Good question. My feeling is whatever's happening now, it's not going backward. Right. Like my haircut that costs 25.8% more is not going to be in a year from now. Oh, now it's back down 25%. Right. So that's my feeling. These these are this is all subjective, yeah. but that haircut's not going down. That restaurant meal's not going down. Right now, look at that. I feel like that is one of the huge shifts in this country. For all the and I'm not you you and I are not political about any of this no. stuff. For all the making a minimum wage a certain amount, it's got to be fifteen dollars an hour. Right. What might actually make that hourly wage higher is purely a. a the workforce saying, I'm not working for those yeah. poverty wages. Sure. So we're just not going to do that. We'll right. find something else to do, but, oh, but for that much, we will work well, because there is supply that's... and demand. I, I don't know if you knew this. People like to go to restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> People don't like to cook their own meal all the time, especially, right. I don't know, I can't speak for your age group, but I know my baby boomer uh, post-55 group doesn't like to cook every meal we what do we do with our friends we go out to eat we don't have kids or anything to deal with and, and so many the restaurant industry has has that ability now to inflate those prices they're going to pay yeah. more to their workers and that's going to be coming back down to us and when you look at your i know this is anecdotal yeah. but when you look at your credit card bill many times you'll see the higher numbers are going out to a restaurant You'll see lower numbers for different things. Oh, I purchased a big ticket item, obviously. But when you start to look at all the hundred things, wow, what are all those? Those are going out to restaurants and stuff like that. And that sure. number is going to get big. It's not going down. And now it might well, level off, but it's not going let, down. Let me tell one more story um, just to, to throw another one out there. Um, my wife's aunt and uncle recently went down to the Outer Banks and they were came back from the Outer Banks, stopped by for a visit, and they were telling us about it because we're headed down there in the early part of August. Actually, the place they were renting was only five houses away from where we were renting, just totally random. Um, but they were telling us these stories of, we go out to eat at these restaurants and there's, no, there's not enough workers. So they were waiting two hours to get a table and you know the service is super slow and it's not... You know, these are restaurants they've gone to for years. They're, they're good restaurants, but they just don't have enough workers. You know, they're going to grocery stores saying uh, the lines are super long because they don't have enough people working there. And I, I don't know, you know, I, I think there's some immigration issues because there's a lot of people who work at the beaches. They're summer, uh, you know, they come over from Eastern Europe. I mean, you probably see this in, in Bethany a that, lot. That's right? the huge issue in Bethany. So I, you know, I don't know how much of that is, you know, immigration issues versus, like you said, people say, "Hey, look, I'm, you know, I'm not really willing to go and, you know, wear a mask and expose myself for eight bucks an hour." And I think you will see supply and demand fix that. You know, I mean, there's there's going to be restaurant owners that say, "Listen, okay, I'll pay my people fifteen dollars because it makes sense for me to do that." People who want to go out to eat, they're willing to pay more for it. And now I'll actually have a good product, good service, and that's you know that's how you see inflation start right. to take root. Yeah. So now pull it all back to the work that we do. What right. does this have to do with capital retirement strategies? I enjoyed your spirited <laughs> debate about inflation. I, this is really what it's all about. So now when you we have to we always say 
one of the keys to our job is looking at monthly income of people. Yeah. So you're you when you're working, you're earning your you know you're earning your salary. You're not retired yet. Inflation can be a nuisance. When you're on a fixed income or whatever you want to call it, when all you're getting is Social Security or whatever other money you have coming in yeah. every month, and then you're also living off of your investments, now things costing more is something that you really have to be prepared for. We as advisors oh, doing running a business called Capital Retirement Strategies, that's why we always worry about monthly income, what you're spending and how much are we generating in monthly income that we can count on. Right, how consistent or guaranteed is it? You know, Do you have that pension or don't you? Um, obviously, is it indexed for inflation or is it not? That, that gets magnified more important um, you know, when we talk about inflation. So you know, let me address this in a couple different ways. So first of all, this common question, people say, okay, where should I invest if I expect inflation to be coming? You know, some people will say, oh, I'm gonna put money in commodities or in gold or in real estate or, or tips, you know, treasury inflation protected securities. And those are all decent options. They're headed in the right direction. But frankly, and this is not always very satisfying for everyone, but frankly, the best investment to be in as a hedge against inflation is in stocks. So stocks have historically had the best inflation-adjusted returns. And if you think about a company that is a well-run company that has good pricing power and you know, relative loyalty of their customers, they can raise prices with inflation and they can sort of keep pace with that. So it's really, you know, it's not fundamentally different than any of the planning that we always have done, which is to say we've got to be prepared for whatever happens. So whatever could be a big stock market crash. Right? Got to be prepared for that. Whatever could be inflation really picking up significantly. So, you know, we, we have to have elements in the plan there that are going to keep up with yeah, that. But, but again... <laughs> The key always boils down to don't sell your stocks when they're low. So no. you've built a plan that's going to give you enough of, a, of money that you can count on coming in every month. You, For most people who are going to, you know, as we project living a long life, you need to have money in the market. Right. In some way, shape or form that's going to literally, I mean, I, I know you say it bothers some people, but it's just statistical fact. Yeah. That's statistical fact. You need to grow that money as the years, as the decades go on in retirement you know, to keep up with what's going on. Yeah. And that's, I mean, like you, you said, that's always why we're structuring these portfolios around, you know, how much income do we know you have coming in each month? Um, and, you know, one of the things we've been doing with a lot of people is as we run those retirement projections, doing a what if scenario where we assume four and a half, five percent long term inflation. Um, now, we know inflation long, long term, you know, last 85, 90 years, it's averaged right around 3%. The last 30 years have been right around 2%. But of course, everybody's going to point out a decade like the 70s where it was over 7.5%. So that's the difficult part of modeling inflation is are we modeling a spurt of inflation where 10 years go by and yeah, we have 7% inflation or are we modeling your entire retirement having inflation running at five or 6%? Um, because, you know, as you'll see when you run these numbers, 
you know, if you're assuming inflation at 5% and your portfolio is only getting 5.5%, that's pretty hard for, for most uh, most people to sustain that there. Right. Oh. Our job is just to make sure you have, a, well, look at the price of restaurants. We're not going out to eat now that we're retired <laughs> and we're not getting a haircut because I heard what David, and we're not going to travel. Oh my God, right. that's gone up and we can't buy a house. So we'll just sit here and stare at each other <laughs> and we'll be financially okay. So we, like to, we try to avoid that with our planning. <laughs> All right. I think we've covered this. I think we I have. I don't think we need to beat it to death. So uh, I'm glad we could be back in person here and do at least one in person here. And uh, we'll check back in with everybody again next month. 